Hi, I'm Quentin D'Souza, and you're listening to Get Real Wealthy. Create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing. Make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. In this episode, this couple has a single-family rental that they would like to increase its cash flow, and they are also coming up with a mortgage renewal. We cover why moving to a variable rate mortgage will give them more options for further investing, and what situations work best for putting properties under a corporation. Have a listen. I wanted to uh, take some time first to figure out where you're at and see if I could point out some resources to get you started. Um, just to uh, familiarize myself with like uh, what your uh, level of investing is and then where you're looking to go and, and just give you a little bit of direction. So uh, maybe you can just uh, introduce your, your background in real estate up to this point and then I can help you out. Okay, so we do currently uh, own one investment property, which we purchased uh, almost five years ago now. Okay. And um, with a lot less knowledge than we have now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's in Alliston. It's a town, a freehold townhouse. Okay. In Alliston. Yeah. Still has, still has the same tenants who... uh, so far as we know, don't wish to leave, have made it their own. The past year, and we own our own home that we're in now, and we live in Bolton, Ontario. Bolton, okay. Yeah. Okay, and what are you looking to do? Are you looking to expand your portfolio, or are you looking to like uh, do something specific in real estate? Uh, yeah, we would like to expand our portfolio, and I kind of said from the you know, from the beginning um, that, you know, would be nice to uh, leave our sons at, you know, with, with one property each, you know, also to help us out in retirement. So in the past year, so we, just to give you a background too, we've been, we've been uh, traveling for the past year. We just returned back to Ontario And in that year, uh, aside from homeschooling, you know, I've been doing a lot of my own research into real estate investing, have gained, you know, a a decent amount of knowledge. Some of it's made me more confused than (laughs) than anything else. I've seen and heard about and become excited about the, you know, the possibilities that it it can offer us, right? Sorry, sorry, Gwen. So I'm at the start. She's she's way down. I'm just sort of starting on the podcast and, and, and that sort of thing to kind of get my own uh, level uh, up to hers. Yeah. Well, that, that's not a problem. Um, and there's lots of opportunity to, to learn. The, the internet is full of it. Just got to make sure that you're focused. That's all. Um, what um, Do you have a specific strategy in mind or location in mind? I was... Thinking about our next property being either, a, you know, a duplex or a triplex, um, because as you know, single families don't, uh, I mean, yeah, just, uh, just renting out to one person doesn't, doesn't uh, make sense anymore with the uh, prices of real estate here. What I was thinking for us would be, and I've already reached out to 
uh, one of your prior students, your coaching students oh. <laughs> out in the Durham region uh, and kind of joining with him because he has that expertise already. He's a, you know, he's a bit further ahead than, than we are, mm -hmm. but I would like to kind of not just, not just be a completely passive partner with him. I want to go along for the ride with him so that I learn and see how, how the whole process works. Cause as I said, when we, when we invested in the Allison property, it's all turned out great, but we, you know, we didn't go in with, again, the knowledge that we have now, like we didn't really consider as much, you know, we knew that it would cover that our rent would cover all of our expenses our mortgage and, but we didn't really consider cash flow. Um, and, you know, right now we are cash flowing, um, two to $300 a month, which isn't, which isn't horrible, but, um, yeah, now, now I'm looking for, you know, something a, a little bit more, right? Okay, so let's go over a couple of other numbers then. And I don't, I'm not sure what you have handy. The Alliston property, yeah. um, what's the uh, current like uh, mortgage that you have on it? Uh, so I think it's just over a thousand. We pay property taxes as well on it. Okay. Uh, so it comes out to like twelve ninety seven or something like that a month with the property taxes. And um, what's the uh, like the mortgage amount, like the uh, total mortgage amount on it? Uh, two twenty seven. Okay. And then what is the value of the property right now? Uh, probably about six six ten. Okay, and the reason why cash flows is because the purchase price before and the, because uh, the other thing I would I would ask you is what's the current rent for that townhouse right now, if you were to re-rent it. If we were to re-rent it, it would probably rent out. I just asked my realtor this question: is between two thousand twenty one hundred something like that. Yeah. What is it renting for right now? Yeah, just sixteen ten. Sixteen ten. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, that's fine. Those are all numbers that are good to know. Mm -hmm. um, on this uh, townhouse, do you have access to the equity in some way? Like, is there? Uh, sometimes people have mortgages that are like um, a HELOC mortgage, so they have access to some of it on a line of credit. Um, do you know what you have on this, or do you have access to anything? So we were, again, so our, our mortgage is coming up. We went, you know, we didn't uh, fully understand uh, all the things we do now, but we went with a fixed rate, but it's coming due uh, December of this year. And we do have the option to uh, refinance early. And this is where I'm starting to get, so I'm starting to get a little bit confused because when I, when I went to Scotiabank and I was discussing with them that, you know, we're interested as well in purchasing future properties and, and opening up a corporation, then he was asking me about uh, the mobile mortgage advisor there was mentioning whether or not we, would, we were considering doing a, uh, a section 85 rollover. 
I'm starting to look at the uh, just doing some online research and and talking to you know the lawyers and the accountants and you know like our our team and again I'm just I'm getting confused in the process I don't know whether or not we should just leave this property in our personal names and then going forward to buy inside of a you know to open up a holding company yeah yeah. So um, in, if you go into the vault, there's a, there's a quick results on corporations and when to use a corporation and when not to use a corporation. Right. So go take a look at that video. It's like probably about 20 minutes. Okay. And it, so that's something that'll help you to understand that. The, um, the reason why you would want to have a corporation is if you're building a portfolio of properties, probably like, a, you know, three, four or more. Okay. If you're if you're looking at uh, having one or two properties, uh, unless you're a very high income earner the, and you're in the top tax bracket, there isn't much benefit for you to have a corporation, other than from like a liability perspective. But even that, you have you can do uh, like a higher commercial liability policy and, and protect yourself in the same way for a lot less trouble and expense. Okay. Um, the, the upside of having uh, you know, corporate is that it doesn't appear on your personal name, but that's only a benefit if you're going to um, like multiple lenders, not the same lenders. So if you go back to Scotiabank for five mortgages, then they're going to know that, right? But if you go to CIBC because it's corporate, you may not, it may not appear for them that way. Um, the thing is that you're going to have to have a personal guarantee on whatever you do anyway. So it's not from a liability perspective. It doesn't remove you from, from liability. Um, so you have to kind of think of what you're gonna do in the future and then set up like your structures based on that. Like, you know, it, it's good to talk to your account. I'm not an accountant, I'm not a lawyer. I, I've, yeah. I've done this a long time, but I, I, yeah. I, and every time I talk to investors, it's always a, it depends type of situation. For yes, yourself. yes. Like yeah. if you're in a high income bracket, if you're uh, planning on, uh, growing the portfolio or if you're like if you're not sure the thing is you can always come back and do that later right you can always come back and do the section 85 later in like next year or the year after or whatever okay the only time and this is a special situation because of what's happening with the election the only thing that i can think of that could could affect the like the reason why you would want to speed up the process mm -hmm. is if the the, uh, the liberal government gets reelected and they change capital gains tax because what happens when you do a section 85 rollover is you're basically locking in like a, a like the gains at a specific amount and right. so if you if you do it before they change if they like first of all we have no idea whether they're going to change it or not okay. but if they did change it and you and you did the rollover you might end up paying a higher capital gains yes and if you um if you did it before they did that's oh. probably the only reason that i can think of off the top of my head to accelerate the process so okay. if you're betting against it you're betting for it, then that would affect whether you kind of do the section 85 before or later. Okay. Um, if you, um, if you're not planning to go, like build a portfolio of, like, of, of properties, then it may not be in your best interest to have um, 
multiple, like have a holding company. Okay. Uh, when I started, I didn't have a holding company until after I bought 10 properties, right? And um, so for me, the, when I started to get into that level of stuff, then I started to use corporations more. I'll use a corporation when I buy a building and then, and then and I have a partner and we'll own the corporation together with our corporations, our holding companies. So that's okay. the way that we use it. Um, what I would suggest you do though, especially for the amount of funds that you have access to with that CIBC or the Scotiabank mortgage, is make sure that whatever they give you, you maximize the loan that you have access to um, uh, through the line of credit component to it. So you may like decide to keep the mortgage at like say uh, 22K but what you want to do is maximize the loan to value so that you have access on of, for a, a line of credit for whatever they're willing to give you, which is probably like 65% loan to value, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So you should be able to bring up this, probably get a line of credit, let's say of like um, another 200K, right? Yeah, I think it was even more than that. I We actually kind of you know, did the calculation together and it is, so it's called a step, yep. a step mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. where, and whereas you pay down your mortgage, that line of credit component becomes available to, to us. Yep. So yeah, I think it was something like 250. Perfect. Yeah. Became available. Yeah. And if you can access that on the line of credit, then you use when you're buying a property, just, you know, include the interest that you pay on the down payment in order to, to do your calculations. And then you can figure out whether you're cash flow positive, even when you're using a line of credit. Just remember, you're doing 100% financing, so it's tougher to, to make the numbers work. But it's good to, for, to be able to access funds because then it will allow you to invest in other projects. The, the other thing I'm going to suggest is you never go fixed rate again. Yes, I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, real, I realized that really quickly. Yeah. So yeah. You, you never be able to catch up or take advantage of changes in interest rates. You can always lock in if you feel uncomfortable about anything, but lock in for a year. Yes. And it's not because like some people are really interest rates are important. Don't get me wrong. They're very important. But as an investor, your access to capital is even more important because it can prevent you or allow you to access more deals. And if you have a variable rate mortgage, you can always exit a variable rate mortgage by paying three months uh, interest penalty and then access funds, right? So, yes. so that's something that you can do. On your principal residence, that may be something that you would want to do as well, to just to be able to access uh, some of the equity when you need it. Not so you're only even if you're just putting a line of credit on it. If you have access to it, then when you need it, you can can use it to invest in other projects. Yeah. So I think we're variable on our primary. Yeah, we're variable on our primary now as well. I yeah, we're we're considering moving that one over too. We just. The, the reason we're uh, hesitant on that is uh, we're not sure it's worth it because we are considering selling this property and moving uh, possibly as early as next year. So 
It's okay. If you flip it to another uh, like bank, just put mm -hmm. it in a variable rate. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the choice, whether it's a year or six months from now, it doesn't doesn't matter. They, they may not like it, but for you, it gives you flexibility, right? Yeah. So just make sure that when you do it, you stick to a variable rate product. It, it, like it's always worth having access to, to funds because then if you find that there's a project that you, you're interested in or something comes up that you have the funds uh, accessible. But if you don't go through the process and do that, then it becomes um, a little bit more challenging for you. Okay. Um, one of the things that you're going to notice is if you go into the vault area, there's a, a short course on preparing properties for appraisals. Um, it's a, it's a, I forget what I call it. It's, it's like, um, I'll have to log into the site, <laughs> have a look at it. There's, there's so many um, courses on there. But um, if you get in there, you'll, you should be able to see something on preparing for appraisals. Okay. And um, that course is what you should use to, to get you ready for the appraisal of the Alliston property and okay. your own personal residence. Um, I, we found that people have been able to get, um, it's called getting higher appraisals, the basics. Okay. We found that people have, like, I just had somebody tell me last week that she had an appraisal $75,000 higher than what she thought she would have got. Wow. You know, it's really preparing for the appraisal. And a lot of people don't understand this, but um, as a real estate investor, that's when you get paid on appraisals, right? Okay. Because when you do an appraisal, you get access to funds either through a line of credit or remortgaging the property. Right. And then you have $200,000 that you can use to, to do what you need to do, right? Usually okay. to hopefully to buy more real estate, but yes, yeah. <laughs> and not to blow at a casino, but whatever. No, <laughs> no, no, that's not us. <laughs> but, but you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's the one of the important things to do. So go through that course on that. Um, the other thing too is to start to, to keep an eye out for um, uh, calculating. So I know you you lucked into your you know your townhouse and everything worked out well, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that you should be doing is doing the calculations on course like uh, on uh, properties. So there's something that um, is called the prop property analyzer. Yes, I've I've looked at that and I uh, so yeah through other podcasts and uh like and and i started following you and then started they go through property analysis so i'm uh that's my next step is actually practicing myself and like running the numbers and seeing that's what you should be doing on all the duplexes and triplexes that you can find okay start, start running the numbers like I mean, before you even start looking at properties, start running the numbers and you should be coming up with like doing it like 10, 20 times um, and then see what you end up with. Okay. Um, you can always at the Q&A calls that we have, you can always show your what your work is if you have any questions about it. And then like myself or anybody else on the call will, will help you. Okay. Right? So Yeah, that's a good opportunity for you to show your work and then get some feedback on it. Um, the idea behind using a property analyzer is that it kind of positions yourself so you know what you're what what, what to look for. Yes. Um, one of the things that you I don't know if you've uh, done it yet. Have you looked at rental meter before? 
Uh, I, I did. Um, what was my issue with that? You know, I'm sorry, I can't recall. Um, but I was having... Sometimes smaller areas don't have the, the data. Maybe. Maybe that, maybe that was it. Yeah, so one of the other ways that you can go about avoid like just skipping that is just going to Kijiji and or uh, Facebook Marketplace and look for ads in your area yes. and see what the rents are. Right? Yes. Because that way you get a better sense of what something is renting for. So like, for example, if I was going to look at your Alliston property and I was looking at buying a townhouse to rent in Alliston, I'd look up Alliston for rent. And I would take a look at what's available and what they're actually renting for. And I, I should be able to come up with like a, um, you know, what what's available. And if there's, well, there's not even anything available right now. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what would be close to Alliston? Uh, just anything in New Tecumseh, if you just, that's a little bit broader so that it, it, it includes Tottenham. It includes uh, maybe beaten. No. No, there's nothing. There's nothing, maybe, eh? Wow. Maybe you get a lot more than you think for that uh, rental. But I mean, uh, the other way is to talk to a realtor in the area, like you've already done, to get yes. some comps. Yes. Um, you know, those are like three different ways to be able to do that, and you want to do that for some triplexes. Uh, duplexes, whatever you're looking for. Okay. Um, and then that way you can put those numbers in and, and, and get familiar with it. Um, you know, you're, if you're just starting out, I always suggest going through the first uh, three properties, your first million in real estate, that course. It, I just finished that. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So that's a great way of just getting to know the fundamentals, what to look for in, in areas. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so anytime you're looking at a new area, somebody says something like, hey, look at this. You want to go through that, that, um, you know, what the fundamentals are. Is there, you know, is there growth happening? What's yes. the, you know, the job situation like there, you know, all of that is, is what you want to want to do every time somebody presents you with something new or a different area. Okay. Um, so I think, I mean, from what you've been telling me so far, you're, you know, everything seems to be going, you're in, you're going in the right direction. Okay. Um, other than accessing funds, which I think is um, useful for you, have you talked to like a, a mortgage broker or an agent to make sure, or like, um, you know, it sounds like you've got a contact at Scotiabank, just to make sure that you're able to purchase your next property, that there isn't any issues or anything like that. Yeah, so, uh, so the reason that we went directly to Scotia is because that's who we have the mortgage with currently. Um, so right now we don't, you know, we don't have any kind of uh, line of credit with uh, with using the equity from uh, uh, from the Alliston property. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I didn't know what what to do first. It's like, okay, do we wait to refinance this and then and then because the, you know they're asking also what what kind of um, uh, secured funds we we have available to us and stuff like that. Well, you know, so that's going to change as soon as we uh, refinance this property, right? So yeah, you know, one of the suggestions I have for you is to start that right away. Um, because the, you'll be surprised at how long it takes. Some places may take 
a shorter amount of time. But right now, what I'm finding is that a lot of um, appraisers are behind a yeah. lot of like everybody is just behind and there's so much volume that's happening that they're they're not able to keep up so you may think that the process normally would take a month is taking two months okay long so um my suggestion is to get started right away and then just update them once you get it done okay okay yeah don't don't wait for them to give you the go ahead i'm sure that you know the the other thing too is if you're working directly with a mobile mortgage specialist at Scotiabank already mm-hmm. they are going to be able to talk directly to the underwriter okay um and so this is I'm not sure if you know how mortgage brokers work but the mortgage broker will deal with somebody at the bank and then that person at the bank will usually deal with the underwriter right, right? they act like a quarterback a okay. mobile mortgage specialist usually can can talk uh, because they work for the bank, they deal directly with the underwriter. Okay. So they can speak on be- your behalf a little better. Not a lot of mortgage brokers will tell you that. They'll probably, you know, you know, they don't mention that, but that's, <laughs> you know, something that you want to keep in mind when you're, um, that can be a little bit more helpful, a little okay. bit more helpful when you're, when you're on that uh, side. Okay. Uh, I find that mortgage mortgage brokers are really helpful finding other types of lenders and putting it together. And, you know, uh, they can help you with a plan, particularly if you're looking to buy multiple properties. um, They can help plan out your next few purchases rather than um, usually somebody who's at a bank will only look at your next purchase. Right. Right. Um, And then it may not help you or position you well for those future purchases. So it's something to, to keep in mind. Okay. Yeah. So it's so it's still a good idea for us to be engaging the mortgage uh, the mortgage broker mm-hmm. because we want to buy you multiple. know multiple properties, right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, it makes sense. Uh, and start on your um, your refinances uh, as soon as possible. Okay. Um, I I would say. I, I, I think that you should go back and try to do a little bit more due diligence on what you think you could get your rent for in Alliston. Because I think you may be surprised. I think 2100 might be low. Um, so what's the reason other than frustrating me? <laughs> you offer your tenant money. Okay. That's we, what I was, okay. We call, we call it cash for keys. For an unleavened, right? If they would like to leave and you would like to help them to find a new place and give them, uh, let's say, like if the difference between today, this all depends on what you want to do. Okay. I'm not telling you, I'm telling you, like for me, like my income is just as important as the value of the asset. Right. And there's only so much you can do. You, You can try it they can say no, and at least you've done something. But if you do the same thing, you're going to get the same results, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say it's 1600 now, and the new rent is like 2100. That's like, uh, you know, six, so $500 a month difference, right? So $6,000 a year, right? So if you if you were to offer them, let's say $1,000 to move, like for moving money to help them to move, would they accept it? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. But I would probably offer up to six thousand dollars because if I got them to move 
and that I would make that money up in the next year, especially if you're going to keep that asset for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like now a thousand dollars may not move the needle. $5,000 may move the needle for somebody who's, you know, paying rent, right? Yes. Okay. So something to consider. And when you do a cash for keys, really, you're just both signing an N11. And so the N11 basically says that you and the tenant both agree to end the tenancy. And, you know, a condition of that for you would be to give them a certain amount of money. Okay. And there's no way after that, that they could come back and say, like, cause I was, I was considering, you know, speaking to her and just saying like, look, you know, we may need to consider because we have had to do quite a few like substantial improvements on the property. Uh, you know, we had a new roof done a couple of years ago. Now we just had to get, uh, you know, new air conditioning unit and, and such. Right. So, which we haven't been able, we had to, you know, pay for out of our pockets, right. Because we didn't have enough cash flow there <laughs> as a reserve. There is the opportunity at the landlord ten board to do an above the guideline increase. Right. So I don't know if you know this, but like when you do a capital expense so for example we changed out a like a heating system in an apartment building which was twenty thousand dollars right mm -hmm. so that twenty thousand dollars we can apply to the board for an above the guideline increase and that can be done at any time within six months of the repair right and so once you do that you can amortize the cost of whatever that um thing is over the lifetime of that thing yeah. and yeah. then you divide that by like the number of years and then by the number of months and then it gives you how much you can actually charge more for rent okay. now you have to apply for the board to do that but you you can actually increase your rent just by doing that i think the maximum though is like three percent it's something ridiculous oh okay yeah. but but it's yeah. still enough that it could make a you know on your amount you're talking about like fifty dollars or something right which is still better than you know the process of doing it would be enough to make it worthwhile um, but um, because there's like a hundred and seventy dollar charge to do it right but at least you know if you were to get it done that 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 is something but like doing repairs, you have to offer the unit back to the tenant afterwards. If you both do sign an N11, that's them agreeing to end the tenancy, which is right. different. Right. Okay. Right? Like what, if you try to move into the unit and you don't move in, there's like, a, and they catch wind of it is like a $25,000 fine. Right. Right. So. Okay. And what is, so if they say, no, I'm not interested, then... You tried, you did something exactly. different and you know, you can keep pushing on it if you want. If they complain about something, that's when you, you, you know, <laughs> you can always offer it, right? Yes. Look, I know you really don't like this place, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, and that's, that's a strategy that you may, you may try to implement, but sure. I mean, as is like, there isn't that much that you can do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So do you have any other questions or anything I can kind of help you to get started with? Would it make sense to, to sell the property? 
that's more of a personal decision yeah. than, than anything you'll have capital gains on it but yeah. um you know the problem with these these single family home properties is that at a certain point you're you won't be able to leverage it enough to access any equity right, right now if you can access the line of credit that's great like okay. if they're giving you what they're saying that they're giving you sure that's awesome yeah. but you're you know, you got to remember your property is worth 610. If you were to put 20% down, I mean, you would get, you know, you'd get access to, to more than if it was, um, you know, the way that it works out as a, because of um, the fact that it's a residential property and it's a right. Rent, right? Right, right. If it was an apartment building, you could bring it up to the maximum loan to value, but uh, um a one to four unit property always has to, it's based on the rent number, but also uh, it's based on comparables. And then you may have equity that you can't access, right? Because um, the rents don't support you taking more, right? That's, okay. that's the way it is. And so you let's say that Allison property goes up to 900,000, right? But the rents will only support a mortgage of you know, 500,000, no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the challenge with those properties. So you may decide to sell it. Um, so for me, where I'm at, I'm buying apartment buildings and I'm selling my one to four unit properties and the apartment buildings I plan to hold forever, right? But the one to four unit properties, some of the ones that I bought way back when I was buying townhouses for like one, you know, 85, and now it's worth 700,000 and I can't do, like I can't access the equity and, mm. you know, I mean, cash flows, but what I'm like 300, 400 bucks a month isn't going to change my life. But if I access the, the 500,000, I can use that and I can put that into an apartment building or I can, like if I was to take that, I could buy, you know, three duplexes with it and then, you know, cash flow, probably the same amount, but leverage a lot better and earn a better return, right? Okay. So it, it just depends on what you're looking for. One of the things that you should do is if you go into the vault, there's a mm -hmm. calculation called the return on equity calculation. Yeah, it's, it's on, um, it's in the quick results area. And yeah. that's something that I do for my portfolio. It's something that you may want to do on your Alliston property, just to see what that looks like. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, it was nice to meet you both anyways. Same. Nice Thank you. you. Yeah. And um, just make sure that you um, you get into the video library and you use the materials and get on the Q&A calls. We do them twice a month. Even um, the experienced investor call, a lot of it is, is networking. So you can listen in at the beginning because we might do some high level discussion, but you can always participate in the networking. Say hello, see what people are working on and get to know other people who are already doing it. It makes mm -hmm. it so much easier when you start to develop a peer group and you know that way you, you take, um, you know, when your journey is always easier when you take it with somebody else, right? So yeah. that, so when you hop on those calls, it's an opportunity to to meet other people, and it just makes it easier. Now, are the calls different from? Because I saw that there's going to be some in person uh, networking. Uh, yeah, the the calls are networking as well uh, because we have people from around um, uh, around the country. 
but okay. the um, the in-person one is for people who are like local, like okay. in the GTA, they'll come out okay. and they'll probably do some uh, networking there. And even when we do live meetings, we video record everything. So they're all available to people so you can access it. Awesome. Well, and that, again, it was nice to meet you both. And I hope to see you at some Q&A calls then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks for all right. Help. Thank you, Quentin. You're welcome. All right. Good care. Thanks for listening to my conversation with our member. I hope you got some valuable information out of it. If you would like to create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing, make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. Until next time, I'm Quinton D'Souza. Get out there and take action. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to GetRealWealthy.com.